0: I'm Austin, and welcome to the Valley Point Podcast. In this talk, we continue our four-week teaching series, Greener Grass. Eric addresses the idea of having perfect kids. Perfect isn't really a reality, though. Perfect kids? Forget about it. How about intentional parenting? Join us as we see why the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Perfect kids, forget about it. And each week during this series called The Greener Grass Conspiracy, we've been using that phrase, forget about it. We talked about perfect me and said, forget about it. We talked about perfect stuff and said, forget about it. I told you last week that we had a visiting family from New York City here on January the 1st. And we used this phrase, and after the whole experience, the guy came up to me, and he said, Pastor, if you're going to say forget about it, you've got to say it the New York way. And so last week, we tried to say forget about it the New York way, and then I had all the South Side Philly people come up to me and say, What's going on around here? So now I don't know really how to say it. So I thought I would have you actually help me with this. So on the screen is our phrase for today. And I want you to say it. And as you speak this, I want you to shout out your best, forget about it. Can you help me with that? All right, let's say this together. Perfect kids, forget about it. All right, I think we can do it a little bit better. Here we go. Perfect kids. Forget about it. Yeah, right. And here's our big idea for today. Perfect kids, forget about it. How about intentional parenting? And I know that whenever we zero in on a specific topic like this, it can be very challenging to speak to everybody in the room because we're really all in different stations of life. And uniquely... Today is about parents, and we hope to speak to them and encourage them and build them up and fill them with a lot of hope as they all walk out of the room in just a bit. But maybe you're here, and you're saying, well, I'm not a parent. That just hasn't happened for me yet. Or maybe your kids are out of the house, and they're gone, and you're kind of beyond the parenting years. Well, if you're here and you're a grandparent or an aunt or an uncle or a friend of someone who's in a family, which is pretty much all of us, then you are uniquely positioned to have impact on families and to help families be at their best. I think we all can actually help with this. And perhaps you find yourself in a spot where you have the chance every once in a while, just to impact the next generation. So see, this really is for all of us. Now, when anybody ever comes out and says that they have a new revelation on parenting, it normally begins with the phrase, I just read a book, right? And you know, (laughs) when you hear that phrase, you're going to have to listen to every word and every sentence and every chapter and every story in that book. And you don't care about that book. You don't want to hear about that book, but you're in for the long haul and you know it's going to be terribly boring. And so you brace yourself. Well, I got to tell you, I read a book (laughs) and I'm really excited about this book. It's called The IY Generation by Tim Elmore. And I just want to share a few things with you. That he shares about parenting and about leading the next generation. Because there are some very unique challenges in front of us as we think about this next generation. And who they are and what they represent. And their amazing potential. Now I also have a confession to make. Talking about parenting is tough. It's tough because this tends to be a private thing. We don't really just get together and talk about parenting because you have your style and you have your way of doing things that kind of works for you. And I probably have my way of doing things. And I know what works for me and we don't talk about this too much because it can be aggravating to others who think we might have some answer to their kids' problems. So we kind of keep this very, very private And we say, good luck with you and your kids. I hope they turn out okay. But let's not talk about this. Because it's kind of a private thing. And it is. But think about this. There is so much that we can learn from each other. And there is so much that we can learn from scripture. And what it has to say about how we can intentionally lead and help the next generation. I've got to tell you that the longer I've been at this whole parenting thing, the more I'm convinced that I know absolutely nothing at all. You know what I'm talking about? It seems like when kids are young, you know what you're doing as a parent and you're pretty confident that you've got this down and you can control them somewhat. But then these creatures grow and they talk and then they talk some more and then they talk more, and they have all these opinions, and sometimes you just feel like your head is going to explode. Has anybody ever been there? Yeah. Here's a picture of my six kids, and my wife and I have just a wonderful family, and we we love our kids, and they range in age from 16 all the way down to 11 months old. And so in our family, we go from talking about what college you're going to go to And what are you going to do to your life to changing diapers all in the same minute? And it's kind of bizarre, actually, and fun and a journey of learning how to parent and lead and eventually let go. So I want to tell you right off the bat here that I don't always get this right. And I struggle with parenting. It is a challenge and I make mistakes and I often feel very inadequate and overwhelmed. And so I don't share any of this today from the standpoint that I know what I'm doing and I've got it down and I've always, you know, I always get it right because that's just not the case. It's not true. I struggle, but I'm on this journey of parenting with many of you and on this journey of influencing the next generation, which we all have the opportunity to do, actually came across something that I think is a a great plan for raising kids. You'll see it on the screen. When my kids become wild and unruly, I use a nice safe playpen. And when they're finished, I climb out. (laughs) That's a plan, but it's not a great plan. And so what I want to do today is I want to share with you some different parenting styles that I picked up on in this book. And I want you to think about yourself and see if you find yourself falling into any of these styles. And then when we're done with that, we're going to unpack a powerful piece of scripture that will just give us some hope-filled takeaways as we lead and as we parent and as we help the next generation. Make sense? Make sense? All right, so let's look at some different parenting styles. And again, see if you fall into any of these categories. How about helicopter parents, Alright, You have that image in mind? We probably don't even need to talk about this because you know what's about to happen here. Helicopter parents just kind of hover and they're over everything. And they make sure that they control the situation. And they make sure as they hover that their kids have every imaginable advantage. And they want that for their kids. So they kind of hover and they hang out and they make sure that that happens for their kids. And they also make sure that they protect their kids from every imaginable danger. And so they hang and they hover and they helicopter over the whole family. The only problem... With this hovering concept is that it really keeps kids from the privilege of learning how to fail and then succeed. Which is kind of an important thing to figure out in life because we all fail and we all have to pick ourselves back up and begin the process of beginning again. And so if we hover and we keep our kids from that, it's actually not a very good thing at all. Here's the second style. It's the karaoke parents. And these are parents who want to sound like their kids and dress like their kids and talk like their kids. And they want to hang out in the cool area of life. And they want to just be kind of a friend to their kids. The only challenge here is that when you're a karaoke type of parent, you're probably a little more concerned of being liked than being respected. And so the only way out of this is to get very happy and content with your station of life as a parent, no matter how old you are or even how young you are. A couple of weeks ago, I went with my oldest son to the Apple store at the Christiana Mall. And we got in there and there's like 8 million people in that store. And they're all young and hip and cool and they have on these skinny clothes and they have these beanies that kind of hang off their head and you want to kind of cover their head with the whole thing, but it just hangs there. It's really kind of cool. And they've got all these wonderful little gadgets in their hands, and they talk. And I took all of this in, and I came to the conclusion that I'm old because I I just don't get that anymore, and I didn't fit in. And there is this great temptation as parents to want that and to desire that. And let's just say that our culture kind of pushes this, looking young, dressing young, and being young, and it's very easy to kind of fall into this. But the reality is, our kids have a lot of peers. I mean, they have peers around them all day long. What they need are parents and leaders. That's the karaoke parents. How about volcano parents? Now, these are the parents that kind of erupt over minor issues, And what's unique about this is that it's not anger directed at their kids. That's kind of a whole separate problem, and we're really not going to touch that today. This is anger that's directed at those that the parents perceive are trying to keep their precious kids from succeeding. It's the teacher, the coach. Or that other parent who just kind of gets in the way and steps on dreams. And volcano parents rush right in and they're ready to resolve all issues. These are the kinds of parents that do a lot of their kids' homework. And they take on a lot of the projects and they do them for their kids. And then when the kid comes back with a bad report or a bad grade, they rush in and they are ready to explode. Have you ever done that? Don't raise your hand. (laughs) I have. And you do this thing and then your child gets a bad grade. And then you want to rush in and say, not only have you insulted my child's intelligence, you have insulted my intelligence. I'm not happy with this. The challenge with volcano parents is that they're often hanging on to the dream of making a great name for themselves through their kids. And I think the reality is when we grow up as parents, our kids will have a greater shot at growing up as well, right? What about dropout parents? Dropouts quit. They stop. And ultimately, this is what a lot of parents do as well. They kind of stop parenting. They, they, they start the journey, and they're all excited about it when that child is young. But then he or she grows, and there are all kinds of challenges. And sometimes they just stop. Dropout parents don't often leave physically. They kind of just cut out emotionally, and they shift into neutral And they're just gone. They stop. What about bullied parents? What about this style? And these are parents who are just tired and they're exhausted from their kids and they get beat down and worn down by strong-willed kids. And these parents just feel like they don't have the emotional strength or the physical strength to carry on at all. And often these strong-willed kids know that they can win and they can wear their parents down and they've got tricks they really do one of our kids about a week ago and I'll let them remain anonymous but they came to me and they started to give me a massage well I knew immediately they wanted something <laughs> right and this is just the way it works and so after a couple of minutes they said dad here's what I'd like to do can I go And I said, no, that's not going to happen. It's not the right time. We've got a lot of other things going on and you've got other things that you need to get done first. So no, that's not going to happen, but you need to continue that massage because it is fantastic. (laughs) Strong-willed kids know that they can kind of bully and wear us down to the point where we feel like we just don't have anything in the tank to continue. So, these are some of the parenting styles. Do you ever find yourself fitting into one of those categories? Helicopter, karaoke, volcano, dropout, and bullied. I think it's fair to say that at the heart of all of these styles is an underlying issue. And here's the issue. We want our kids to be perfect. I mean, we really do. And I think we get and we understand that they're not going to be perfect, but we dream about it and we hover and we erupt in hopes that they might be able to pull that off. And then when it doesn't happen, when it all comes crashing down and we really get that our kids aren't that perfect, we kind of drop out a bit and we just unplug and we shift into neutral and we stop. And then what? Do you ever feel any of this pressure as you parent? Do you ever sometimes look over the fence and you spot that perfect family? And they look like they have perfect kids. And you begin to value what you desire more than what you have. And you begin to think if only. I mean, if only my kids were that smart. If only my kids were that athletic. If only my kids were that social, then things perhaps could be a bit different for us. You know, one of the things I love about Valley Point Church is that we have generations who worship here. And that's a great thing. And here's why that's great. Because I need somebody further down the road from me. Somebody who's kind of walked the path. Somebody who's been there and they've done that. And they've made some mistakes. But they've also had some successes. They're just further down the road in parenting. And I need them yelling at me. And coaching me. And encouraging me. Because when you're in the middle of all of this. It can be a very challenging thing. And that exists here at Valley Point. We have people further down the road. And I need that. And you need that as well. This past week, I had the chance to casually talk with a couple of people who I consider to be very, very wise and further down the road with this whole parenting thing. And I just listened to them as they talked. And then I wrote some things down and I want to share with you a couple of the things that they had to say. They said, kids aren't perfect. Your kids aren't perfect. My kids aren't perfect. And again, I think we get this and we understand it, but it's really, really great to hear that from somebody else every once in a while, that they just look at you and say, you're going to survive, you're going to make it because your kids aren't perfect. Perfect kids, forget about it. That's what they said. And then they said, parenting takes just a lot of work. It takes a huge investment of time from parents and it takes investing spiritually in their lives. See, the unique thing about parenting is that it actually might be a lot more about who we are as parents and as leaders than about our kids, which can be a very scary thing. I came across this quote that I thought was a bit alarming. It says, Children have never been very good at listening to their elders but they have never failed to imitate them. Never. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. Perfect kids, forget about it. How about intentional parenting? And what I'd like to do with the rest of the time that we have left is just kind of think about how we can get super intentional about our parenting And are leading. And again, this affects everybody, whether you're a parent or not, whether you're done with that or it hasn't even begun. This is stuff that we can all think about in terms of impacting the next generation. The paragraph that we're gonna unpack today is found in Psalm chapter 78. And it's written by a guy named Asaph. And Asaph is kind of an interesting character. He has written a lot of the different Psalms, actually. And he's a musician, he's an artist. And he actually wrote a lot of the different psalms that David wrote. He put a lot of the music to that. So he's kind of an interesting character. He's an individual who's a lot like us. He's a person who had the opportunity to impact the next generation. And he did all of that without losing his mind. And so I think there are some things that we can learn from what he wrote. And so what I want to do is I want to share three very simple takeaways with you. This is stuff that I'm working on and I'm trying to figure out and I don't get it right. I fail often. But I want to pass this on because it's right out of Psalm 78. And I think it gives us a lot of hope of what can happen when we choose to be intentional about our parenting and our leading. So here's takeaway number one. Help your kids understand their great need for a real relationship with God. And there's nothing more important than this. I mean, absolutely nothing. To help your kids understand their great need for a real relationship with God. Here's verse 1. It says, Oh, my people, listen to my instructions. Open your ears to what I'm saying. For I will speak to you in a parable. I will teach you hidden lessons from our past. Stories which we have heard and known stories our ancestors handed down to us. And guess what? We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. And I don't know if there is any greater value. I don't know if there's any greater thing than helping the people that are closest to us understand their real need for God. This is an incredible thing and something that God wants us to embrace. Parents, this is our calling in life to help our kids know that their eternal destiny is set. And this is more valuable than everything. Everything. And so let me ask you this question. How would you say that you're doing? I mean, if you had to evaluate yourself, how good are you at helping your kids understand their great need for a real relationship with God? Is that happening? This is our job. This is our responsibility as defined by God himself. And so enjoy the process of that. It really can be a fun thing. It doesn't have to be that intimidating. This should be a fun journey of helping those who are closest to us understand their great need for a rescuer. I know in our home, we have two kids who have yet to trust in Jesus alone. They're very, very young. And I'm excited about watching them take that step. And one of the things that we do in our house is that when our kids trust in Jesus alone to save them, we mark the day and we put it on the calendar and we call that their spiritual birthday. And every year when that rolls around, we celebrate that and we give gifts because we want our kids to know that trusting in Jesus is a big deal and you did that on this day. And even when you get frustrated and even when you fail and even when you don't get things right, God will never leave you and he will never abandon you. See, this is about helping our kids know that they can have this real relationship with God. And there's nothing more important than this. My kids don't have the privilege of growing up by their grandparents. But one of the things that our parents have done a great job with is they've also marked down that spiritual birthday day. And every year they send cards and money and gifts And they help our kids remember that day where they trusted in Jesus alone. And this is our greatest call in life to help our kids understand their great need for a real relationship with God. And when that happens, remember it and celebrate it because it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Here's takeaway number two. Empower your kids To take control. I mean, just empower them to take control. Verse 5 says this For he issued his laws to Jacob, he gave his instructions to Israel, he commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children so the next generation might know them, even the children not yet born. And they, in turn, will teach their own children. So the big word here is empower. Empower. And how do you do that? How do you empower kids to really take ownership of their lives and to know that God can support them and sustain them and help them in every area? I think you do that by sharing stories. You share stories of how God helped you as mom or God helped you as dad or God helped you as a grandparent or a friend walk through a really tough stretch in life. And it's about passing on these stories of how God sustained us and helped us. That's really what all of scripture is about. It's about stories that were passed on from one generation to the next. To the next. And they just kept telling these stories. And these kids who grew up knew what God did. May I ask you. As parents, as leaders, do you have a God story? I mean, is there something in you that has happened that God just worked and you were blown away by that and amazed at how big was and how God provided and how God helped you through a really difficult time that you can pass that story on to the next generation and they'll be able to pass that on even to other generations? Do you have that kind of story? If you do, then share it again and again and again and again so everybody is aware of it. If you don't have that kind of story, then maybe it's time for you to attempt something great for God. And just step out there and watch God do the amazing in your life so that you have the story. And you can kind of pass it on to the next generation and empower them. See, this is about getting real intentional about bringing God into the regular part of our lives. And I know I'm not always very good at that. You know, you kind of have the God part of your life, the Sunday part, and then you've got the rest of the week. The stuff that you do that's normal and regular. And we keep this part over here, the God part, and the regular part is way over here. And I think what this challenge is about is putting all of that together and recognizing that God wants to be a part of every area of our life all of the time, every day, all day long. So, mom and dad, when you succeed and you achieve and you do something great and you're all excited about that and you begin to celebrate, bring God into that picture. And when there is some need that is met in your life, bring God into that picture and talk about it. And when you have an answer to prayer, bring God into that picture. And when God does something unique in your life, don't dismiss that. Bring him into the whole picture and talk about it and share that story over and over and over again because God can't be something that just happens on Sunday. It's not enough. It's not enough. So empower your kids by giving them a story of something incredible and amazing that God has done in and through you and watch them just pass that on and live it out. Here's takeaway number three. Challenge your kids to take their place in history. I love verse 7. It says, So each generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting His glorious miracles and obeying His commands. See, this is about helping our kids embrace truth, real truth, and live more hours in reality than in virtual reality. It's really helping them know that they have one life and that it can matter. It's helping them know that God wants them to achieve and accomplish and attempt great things. So just a couple of quick thoughts on helping our kids take their place in history. Give them a vision. I mean, just give them a vision of what God can do in their life through their strengths and through their abilities and their talents. And how God can bundle all of that together and their wins and their losses and God can just use all of that and give them a vision of what God can do in their life. Somebody's got to cast that for them. It's probably not going to be their peers. So intentionally lead, intentionally parent and give them a vision of what God can do in and through them, and then set biblical, healthy boundaries. Again, they need parents. Why do all of this? Verse 8. Then they will not be like their ancestors, stubborn, rebellious, and unfaithful, refusing to give their hearts to God. Now, do you want any of that said about your kids? No, 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 no. We don't want this at all. And we can avoid that. We can avoid these kinds of words, stubborn and rebellious and unfaithful and refusing to give their hearts to God when we parent. Perfect kids? Forget about it. How about intentional parenting. Father, I pray that you just give us the strength as we walk out of here in just a bit to really choose to influence the next generation. God, I believe you've called us to this. It's a job for parents, but even beyond that, it's a job for extended family members and friends. God, we all can get involved in helping to shape the next generation. And so, God, I just come before you right now, and I want to pray for the parents in the room. I want to pray specifically for them. God, we're in the middle of this, and so often it can be tough and hard, and we don't always get it right, and we make mistakes, and we get overwhelmed. It's just a tough thing. There's tough days with this. And so, God, I pray that you just help the parents right here to really embrace the job description that you have for us. God, help us just to get after that and to know that there are those who are further down the road and we can lean into them and we can ask for their help and we can read paragraphs like Psalm 78 that talk about challenging the next generation and inspiring them and giving a story to them. God, I pray that you'd help the parents. Help us to parent at our best God, for those that are grandparents and other extended family and friends, God, I pray that you'd encourage them to step up a bit, not just sit by and watch different things happen, but they would insert themselves where they can appropriately do that. and Encourage and pray, challenge and cast vision. God, this is for all of us. God, I pray for those in the room who will parent at some point in the future. That's going to happen for them. God, I pray that you give them the desires of their heart and that they would choose on this day right here that they will parent in a biblical way and they'll bring you into the story and ask for your help and raise up a generation that just loves you and cares about you and will allow you to use them in every way. God, I pray that you'd help us, encourage us. May we have a lot of families here at Valley Point who are at their best, not because of who we are, because how smart we are or how good we are, because we're just not good enough, but because of our willingness to do what you want for us. God, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you for listening. We'd also like to invite you to join us for any of our Sunday gatherings as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 915 and 11 a.m.